I'm checking. Okay. Yep. Yep. We're live. Everybody, we are live. Sorry for the delay. We're waiting on Jules still, so he'll, he'll be on here in a few minutes. But anyway, welcome to this epic, I mean epic episode of Pin the Gas Podcast. And today, what an honor it is to sit down with the legend himself, Michael Carrera, from the South Florida Mini GP. Welcome, brother man. My dude, thank you. And the honor is all mine, brother. This is exciting. It's going to be fun. Yes, yes, it is. And just real quick, but before we get into this, um, everybody that watches, again, everybody's going to be entered into the giveaway. So somebody's going to win uh, two free stickers at the end of the podcast. And uh, I have a special announcement for the end of the year podcast of, of a great giveaway that we're actually going to be doing. But enough of that. Let's get into it. Mike, man, dude, that again. Was. Yeah, what an honor, man. So listen. Um, all the questions you guys keep piling in already. Listen, we'll get to everybody's questions here. Um, I need to, uh, hey, we need to give Mike the floor because uh, this is what it's about. And I've been super excited about this. So, Mike, how did you get into motorcycle racing? And how did that transition into the epic FSLF? Sorry, South Florida. I mean, you <laughs> talked about it, South Florida Mini GP. <laughs> Well, I'm going to blow everybody's mind because I never raced motorcycles. Um, I've been a ball sport guy my entire youth. I played varsity soccer and varsity baseball in high school. I went to D1. I played for New Jersey Institute of Technology, D1 soccer, all four years in college. Had a handful of NCAA tournaments under my belt, handful of goals, some fun stuff toward the country. And then I found my wife. And after I found my wife, we had kids. I've always been into motorcycles, right? I always loved them. Something, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Um, something about the two wheels and how pretty they were. I've always been an Aprilia Ducati fan, bro. I mean, those bikes were gorgeous. Um, my heart lies with Honda, though. I'm, I'm a Honda guy through and through. Uh, owned an RC51 for a really, really long time. Had it fully decked out, Chris. Decked out. Uh, I had the bike before I had kids. Um, I bought the bike in 2004. It was a Nikki Hayden model. And Julian wasn't born until 2008. Oh, my God. Look who decided to show up. <laughs> Mid-story. So we're going to have to start this all over again because he just jumped in mid-story. So we'll, it's okay. I'm, we'll let him in. We'll let him I'm, try, I'm trying to get my camera up. Oh, shoot. I can hear my uh, Let's see what the fuck. Wait, Chris, did you? Oh, did you, you got it. You got to add the other me. Oh, there's two of you now? There you are. Yeah, there you go. Sounds a hell of a lot better now. All right, there you go. We're in. There you go. Look, here. Look, 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 look who there it is. Go. There you go. There he is. What's up, Jules? Welcome. Oh, it feels good to be on you guys' podcast. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome, brother, man. Awesome. Awesome for you to join. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, Mike was actually in the middle of his story. Uh, but real quick, real quick, just um, yeah. how, how does the mic sound? Because I can't hear my own mic. You so sound good. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Clear. I'm not loud? I'm not too loud? Nope. All right, good, good. All right. Oh, we're live. We are, yeah. We've been live. Yeah, we were live. Oh, I was in the middle yeah. of my story when yeah. you jumped in. Oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. Go, 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 go. My bad. All right, I'll, I'll finish the rest of the story, and then you can jump in with your introduction and your normal get-go. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. 
All Perfect. Right. My bad, y'all. <laughs> no, you're good. So I had a I had an RC fifty one. I decked that sucker out, dude. Such a Nikki Hayden fan. Watched MotoGP for a long time. Uh, wife came around, introduced her to MotoGP and the sport. She fell in love with motorcycles after I took her out on the RC and and all that fun stuff. So that kind of grew it. Uh, Julian was born in 08. Uh, I think it was 2013. My brother, myself, and Julian took a ride to New Jersey Motorsports. Uh, sorry. Yeah, New Jersey Motorsports Park because I was living in Jersey at the time. We went down there and we bumped into the guys who had a bunch of cones up and some flags and some dirt bikes out with street tires. Introduction to New Jersey Mini GP. So I got to meet those guys and I got to meet Ryan and Nathan at the time who are my partners now up north. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really where it started. A couple weeks later, threw Julian out there. They suited him up, put him on a bike, and the rest is freaking history, dude. <laughs> the rest is history. I finagled my way of getting transferred from New Jersey down to Florida. Realized that there was nothing for kids here in Florida besides a local. They were called 305 Mozart at the time. They were really big on the 450s in the Supermoto, but really didn't have a lot going on for the kids. So I ended up partnering with Augusto for a while, and eventually Augusto retired, turned everything over to me. And she really got some water. Like I know the look that she gives me when she wants water. And that, that's when the God entered the planet Earth. That, that's the, when I had to figure out how the heck to build this thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's when that happened. <laughs> oh man so you, you you've been around man yeah we've been around i i opened the llc november of 2015 and we had our very very first event january of 2016 at what used to be miami gp and now is an 18 wheeler parking lot unfortunately but that was our very very first event i showed up in a honda ridgeline with two crf 50s in the back Mm-hmm. and a couple of suits and we shared them amongst everybody that decided to show up for our very very first event new jersey mini gp came down they brought a little bit of their fleet so it gave us some wiggle room and that's how it all started dude a pickup truck with 250s and now we are a massive 34 foot trailer 25 bikes 150 god odd suits and helmets and boots and everything else in between Oh, what, what, what was that? What was that like adjustment period like for you? I mean, like with all that going on, everything just being thrown at you, like, like, like what was it like, man, like we have, we've got something here, you know? <laughs> so was it, 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 was, was it, like a- it was never like that. Um, it was, it was a difficult start. So I have a full-time job. I, I, mini GP is not the only thing I do against all popular oh. belief. <laughs> I, am, I am a construction professional. I have a degree in construction management out of NGIT, and I have a master's in project management with a concentration in construction engineering out of oh, uh, out of Rutgers as well. So I, I am a construction professional. So that is my nine to eight most of the time. Um, and Damn. Mini GP, yeah. Mini GP is kind of like it, it, it started off as a hobby. It was something the boys liked doing. Um, my wife used to ride dirt bikes when she was younger. So she was in the whole motorcycle thing. And she was like, well, if we're going to go out and start doing this thing, then we might as well have some fun doing it. So starting it, getting it off the ground was extremely difficult. Um, 
the hardest part still to this day, seven years in is you would not believe the amount of people who are out at racetracks and have no idea who South Florida mini GP is no clue. I'll go to Pan Am events. I'll go to Weir events. I'll have the logo and at least at a minimum 10 to 15 people come by and be like, what, what does that mean? What, what are you guys talking about? No clue who we are. So the hardest thing for me still to this day is marketing and the awareness that, Hey, we exist and we remove all of your excuses. So a parent doesn't need to go buy a thousand dollar 50 and $600 in suits and thousand dollar helmet. We've got it all. All you got right. to do is register online and show up. You know what I mean? So that that's definitely been the hardest thing. And as we grew, the transitioning was the easy part. I had to go buy a couple more dirt bikes because I knew more people were coming. <laughs> buy a couple more dirt bikes and invest it because at the end of the day we weren't we knew we were going to use them so i've i've kind of put a stop to that right i'm not growing any bigger than a 30 <laughs> trailer and 25 bikes because the guy working on them you're looking at them too so on top of having a full-time job a family i've got to maintain those machines and and make sure everything's running so we show up so um, I put a stop to it and be like all right this is as big as we're going to grow rental wise <laughs> everything else will just have to fit between there. But the transition part wasn't difficult on the growing. Um, the marketing and the awareness still to this day is, is probably the hardest part. Well. Jules, your, 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 your mic's muted. Yeah, now it muted itself. What the, uh, there, there I am. Okay. So with, with that being said, uh, social media is a very powerful tool. I, I mean, me, me and Chris, uh, I don't know how many podcasts you've listened to us, but we rave about uh, promotions of the sport in general. Uh, media is definitely the best way to go, especially TikTok. As as corny as corny as it sounds, TikTok is the way to go. Do do the people that that uh, make a name through the SFL Mini GP do they do they try their hand at you know making the thing a little bit more? popping like a little popular a little bit more pop culture you know like a little bit of promotion standpoint i haven't experienced that yet um i a lot of our parents and a lot of our riders do post up you know a couple of things mainly the biggest amount of movement happens after a race weekend but we don't really get a lot of families and people who come out and you know pat you on the back and say oh the event was amazing the, the event was awesome they don't really do a lot of that sharing on social media. And I haven't figured out that recipe yet, right? I haven't figured out why an individual who's having such a fun time at an event for a weekend won't go blasting it out to everyone they know and say, hey, look at what I found. You guys should come and partake in it. I, I haven't experienced that a lot. Not that it doesn't happen. There are a, a few participants that do go out of their way to get the word out. But if I could get 25% more families to do it, we would definitely grow a lot more. And I, I haven't figured out the, the reason or or why people won't share more about the experiences they had for an event that is different than anything they would go out and do. I mean, if I, I consider us just as high level as Disney World because you're coming out to enjoy a ride, create memories. You're going to show someone a picture of your kid on a dirt bike dragging me through a corner that's going to raise eyebrows, whether good, bad, or indifferent, you're going to get a talking, you're going to get a conversation out of it, no matter who you show. And that's, same thing happens that's with very true. a picture of you and Mickey Mouse, right? Like, oh, snap, you got to go see Mickey Mouse. Well, you got your kid out on a, on a freaking motorcycle and he's dragging a knee through a corner. Like that, that's how I, that's the standard I hold myself up to. It's, it's a show 
it's a roller coaster, it's a ride, and you're coming out to have some fun doing it. So, is there a? Oh, it is. It definitely is. Is there a an an age limit to this? You know, a certain weight limit? You know. There is, there is no, there's no such thing. So the prerequisite for the kids is your kid needs to be able to ride a bicycle without training wheels really, really well. As long as they can ride a bicycle without training wheels, I can take over the rest. As an adult, you, I've got 70 year olds that come out, ride the over 40 class and have an absolute blast. Let's go, Chris. We in there. I've got, women, there, Chris? I've got women, I've got men, I've got kids, I've got all of them that come out and have an absolute blast. There is no age limit. That's Yo, right. Pin, and we're going. We're coming next year for sure. Pin the gas takeover, bro. <laughs> Let's I, get it. I got you guys. You guys come down. I will give you the full VIP service. Done. This is, this is for the, the, the pin the gas SFL mini championship. That's and then we'll, right. have like, we'll have like a little, <laughs> a little trophy with like our sticker slapped on it. We'll do it for the gram. We'll do it for the gram. That's it. We'll do it for the gram. The, the, the Instagram championship. No, nah, that, that's that's sick, man. Like I, I've been watching. I've been watching videos of of the SFL mini. I'm just like, man, how fun could that? Be? Because I've never been on the track, so like, I, I, I'm, I, I street squinted out here. So like, the the feeling of maneuvering those little bikes, like I'm freaking Marquez, like would be a dream come true for me. A little mini dream come true yeah. for me. And I'm telling you, you would feel so comfortable on a little 125 because you're going to be able to do all the stuff I'm telling you to do. And that's the magic behind it, right? That That's the mm-hmm. other barrier that makes Mini GP different because you'll get – like a lot of the guys out on track days who actually ride motorcycles know who we are. But they're on 600s, they're on 750s and twins and 1000s. It's like, well, what am I going to go do hop on a Mini? I'm not a kid. I'm not going to go mess around with those kids. You have no idea the power – of a 125 weighs 130 pounds has six horsepower so unforgiving that machine is that you can do things you will never be able to do on a 600 because you don't have excuse back a little bit you don't have the balls to do it you just don't a 600 is going to send you flying and will <laughs> will run you over on top of it on a 125 it's so so forgiving and it, it really allows you to try things you wouldn't be able to try on a larger bike and that's Facts. another another barrier that I got to figure out how to get over to. Yeah, I mean, it, it also you know gives the rider a feel of what the actual motorcycle is doing when they do transition into a six hundred or four hundred or whatever. Then they they know the feel right um, from coming from a smaller bike um, because it's so forgiving and the yep. chassis flex so much, which is wonderful. Such a great tool, and, and what you're doing for our sport, Mike, is just man, it's mega. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, man, it's 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 fun. I don't I don't look at that way as as us being kind of like the path or the venue or or the one off, right? Because there's so many different mini organizations throughout the country, and and people are fortunate enough that do have those mini organizations around them. I do consider us the standard, though. Um, I will put my stamp on that, and I will hold my head high on that. Mini GP is the standard. You go to New Jersey, you go to DMV, you go to SFL. It's all the same, and we are teaching you the same. Our Bible is the same. Our our path is the same. Our structure is the same. And a lot of the other mini GP organizations around the country take bits and pieces of, of what it is, and, and I'm open and willing to talk to a lot of them. Um, even as far as Canada, uh, the Canada mini GP organization up there, I've helped them 
organized structure. I've taught them my plan on how I've grown and done what we've done here. And they've gone one step further because they've actually been awarded the uh, Ovali FIM uh, Mini Cup Series. So in Canada, those guys that I helped get off the ground are running the Mini Cup for the region of Canada. So that fills me more and, and interests me more than anything else is being able to just allow others who want to do it and have the passion figure out how to do it because the path isn't easy. It's not easy to grow this sport at all. And I think at the end of the day, until we are able to turn it from a hobby to a sport, uh, a lot of things won't change until then. Agreed. hundred percent agreed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's just the, it's just a lot of people think that it's, well, not, I mean, they, they have the right to think that it, it, it's difficult to excel in a sport like this because, you know, budget comes into play versus picking up like a, like a ball sport and just being good at it. And a couple lies are on you and boom, next thing you know, you're playing professional, you're playing overseas or what, whatever, what have you. So I, I guess it is a little bit of a intimidating factor for some, yeah. but um, it's not impossible, you know? No, no, not at all. I agree. Yeah, but that's that that you know that that's what I want to try out for myself, man. Like I've I've wanted I've always wanted to to do something like that. I know they had a I think it was Chris Tulloch. He told me that yep. there was like a little mini, it was like a mini GP here in in Jersey, and he's there like, is one. Yeah, yeah. He asked me if I wanted. He asked me if I want to do it, and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't I don't, don't want to trash these bikes. Like you know what I mean? Like there, and there's nothing there's nothing to trash, dude. You can fall thirty times on these things, pick them back up, and go. I, it, it'll be a little bit of a drive for you from where you are in New York. But if you do have the opportunity to attend NJ Mini GP, actually, they're going to be in New York end of August uh, across New York, upstate New York from where you oh. are. So either way, you're driving far no matter what. Sorry. Oh, but, is it at the New York safety track? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, okay. it's at New York, New York race complex. So it's the New one York that's right on the Canadian border. Ah, oh, all the way in. Buffalo, yeah, up there, and yeah, Dang you it. pretty much call it Canada. But that track, it's called. I think it's Pine View Run. I think it's what it's called. The place is phenomenal. The facility is beautiful, and Lord. you will love the experience with NJ Mini GP. You, you Wait, will definitely on. enjoy it. Wait, Morristown. How far is that from me? Hold on, let me. Let, let me I can't wait to come down and enjoy the <laughs> South Florida Mini GP. Look, Jules, Jules is already figuring it out. Look yeah, here. I know I'm he more, is. He's on it hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you don't even got to bring anything, dude. They've got everything. Hey, just show up. You just got to register and show up. Morristown. That way they know you're coming. Dang, it's way past Syracuse. Oh yeah. my God, yeah, it's a trip. It How far? Trip. Would, so, Jules, you're probably only like ten hours to Florida because I'm. Yeah. Okay. You're you're further. Well, I, I'm 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 going, hours. I'm I'm going to Florida in a few weeks. I'm going to Orlando though. I mean, Mike, I don't have anything happening until September. Yeah. However, yeah, we're, we're going in September. However, yeah. here, let's do this. If you and Jules come down and you let me know when you're coming, I will bring stuff with me to Bushnell, and we will do a freaking live feature from Bushnell, and I will. May I will guarantee you guys both leave dragging knees with Instagram pictures of you guys dragging knees. <laughs> I guarantee I'm trying it. to get an elbow down, bro. Like I'm the done, done, done. I will bring two one tens up with me. You don't have to worry about clutches, just throttle and break. I will That's get it. both of you dragging knees by the end of the day, and we'll do it live. So it it, it definitely 
it definitely is optimal training. I mean, look, look, look at the uh, look at the kids that came out of it, you know, and are tearing it up the way that they are right now. Yep. So, yeah, I, I you go. It's it it's it's come to the time where finally I get to see the fruits of our labor. Um, right. You know, you again, you go to the local races, we're a CCS Pan Am and they see the mini GP kids show up and, and they know it's business. Um, right. Like I was telling Chris before we went live. The thing that makes me the proudest is when I get messages from the organizers saying, man, your mini GP kids are the best. They're the best behaved. They're professional. They're always smiling. They're better than some of the adults that come out and ride here. And we, we enjoy having them. So those are the messages on top of how well the kids perform. Those are really the things that that kind of put a little chip on my shoulder and a little spare diamond on my crown. And, and I say, you know what? I help mold these kids a little bit. And um, it's it's cool that they represent our brand the way they do. You you, you um, gave them the and, blueprint. Yeah, and I tell the kids directly: you're you're representing a brand, you're representing an organization. There's a lot of young kids that have their eyes on you that are watching you. So be at your best behavior, show your best, and and we'll continue to do it together. Sweet. So with that being said, yo, Julian, Avery, y'all y'all better be careful. And once I lose all this weight and I get nasty at this. <laughs> let, let, let me batty i swear to god i learned quick i learned quick coming after all y'all hey man we're gonna put that to the test jules because i'm down for the challenge i'm tell you that right now we're gonna find out baby all of y'all we're gonna so, find out listen listen no 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 i'm gonna, I mean, hey, you never know hold you up, never hold, know. Up, hold up hold up no 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 you're right but listen i'm gonna call it right now Live again on the podcast, Jules. A bet between me and you, whoever loses when we do make it to you gotta shave your head, not just shave it, but shave my head. Whoever loses between me and you gotta shave their head bald live on Facebook. This is oh my god, bro. You can grow it back, man. You can grow it back. Don't worry about it. Oh my god, you look better bald than I do. You know what? Well, then all you gotta do is beat me. All you gotta do is win. Can, can can we just like uh, can, can we do like a something else like <laughs> no I have to drink something diabolical something nope yeah eat my no. own shit just go go and do no. I'll teach you guys for the first couple hours of the day and at the end of the day we set you guys up <laughs> on the grid and you go get it in Jules I'm coming for you baby I'm telling you right now and look, everybody's look watching and listening I got a full set of hair yeah look, uh-huh. there's a lot to lose look, up there that's it. Look, 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 look at this comment by Robert Lackey. He said, Jules dragging me. I don't believe it. I know. Like, I was, that's what I was laughing at when I was like, bro, bro, yo, Rob, chill out before I dunk on you, bro. Rob, Rob. Hey, Robert, <laughs> dude, you, I, I know you're down for this challenge, Robert. I know you want to see Jules get get his head shaved. You know what? I, I was always thinking about, like, doing doing a little buzzy. <laughs> But well, we got you. I got shiny, you. Lose, lose that lose that race. We'll give you we'll give you business in the front, party in the back, just a little tailback. Or a mullet. It's your oh. choice. He's either bald or a mullet. That's I can it. do a mullet. I can do a mullet. That's it. There you go. All right. I can do a mullet. I'll I'll I'll, I'll settle with a mullet. Right. Because I, at, at least at least with that, I still have something. You know, I still have something. I still have That's my dignity bad. going on my hair. But oh shit, I'm about to sneeze. But anywho. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I've I've always I've seen I've seen PJ Jacobson freaking shred tires on that thing, and I'm like, dude, what, it would be so dope to like own one yeah. of these things. PJ's you know an alumni. Saying? PJ came through New Jersey Mini GP. PJ's an alumni. 
Brandon Posh is an alumni. Yes, Tyler Scott is an alumni. There's there's quite a bit of them that have come through the program and have done all kinds of really awesome things in the sport. So that that's also a nice little thing to be proud about. That, that that's crazy. Made like a little all star squad. Yep. What when are you guys coming back to Jersey? So I think uh, Jersey has Jersey has an event this weekend at, <laughs> at NJ Mini GP, and then like I told you, at the end of August they're heading up towards you in New York, mm-hmm. and they typically end their season September October. We thankfully, because of our weather down in Florida, we get to go through November. So they've got a, I think they've got three or four events left before their season is done. Yeah, because if I were to choose, I'd rather go to Jersey. But dang it. This weekend, that's such short notice. It is very much short notice. I was going to drive up with Grayson also, but then I've got Julian racing at Silverstone with MotoGP this weekend, and I just I can't chance being in a track without service and not being able to watch my boy ride. So no, and everybody, dude, go Juju! Absolutely, wow, let's home. go Juju! Juju Monster, true player, career. Uh, how, Absolutely. How does, how does that work? Does that mean that the that that the GP event is a lot later in the day? No, the GP event runs the way it normally runs. They just filter the BTC in between, and then his races are at the end both days. Oh, oh, and, and then how do we how do we catch the race live? Can we? I think is they're it? showing it live on Facebook, I believe. Yeah. Oh, they show it on Facebook. Yeah, because yeah. for, for the talent cup page, I believe. Yeah. Because for the life of me, I've been yeah. trying to find like highlights and shit, and I'm just like, oh my god, why is it so hard to find? Yeah, last year I was able to post a lot of it online because uh, Motor Trend was showing it. Yeah. This yeah. year I'm stuck screen recording, and then I posted on Julian's YouTube channel so people can watch the races. Is that something that um, I I don't know how like involved involved you are in in the league, but is that something like you bring up to to the higher ups? Like, hey, like you know, my my boy's racing here, and my family can't freaking watch this thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we are the outsiders, so it really doesn't have that much of an impact. But mm. talking about live, that, that's probably been one of the, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it was one of the things we were able to facilitate, uh, I think it was almost four years ago. We had an older gentleman um, who is no longer with us, sadly, but he was an old media guy, and he worked for Fox News in Orlando. So he had all this awesome Wi-Fi camera equipment and he would show up on his mobility scooter with his, um, what do they call the dogs that help them? Um, Service dogs? A service dog. He had a service dog with him and we would help him set up a camera at two locations on the track for the mini GP races. And he would broadcast every single race live. He did that for a season and a half before his health kind of took over. And I think that's when we became the most popular because the racers were able to share those YouTube links with their family members and friends. And it was getting a lot of movement and a lot of motion. So right. after after he ended up you know, going through his whole illness and, and retiring from being able to do it, we haven't been able to find uh, a reasonable way of being able to do it. At the end of the day, Mini GP isn't a cash cow, right? It's there to help kids, to help families create memories and stuff. So when you call out to a media team or someone that has the capabilities of doing it and they tell you, yeah, it'll cost you five grand for a weekend for us to shoot the weekend live. Okay, oh my well, God. That, that, that money doesn't exist <laughs> for us to be able to do it. Um, our media team, Abbott Production Groups, is run by one of our kids' uh, dads. And he's been able to kind of set up a handful of races uh, this year and last year for us to go live. 
And those tend to do really, really well. People are able to watch. Um, a lot of the Facebook users and stuff are able to watch. We get to do interviews with the kids and talk about the organization. And that's been really, really good for catching attention and awareness for sure. But um, the live feed would be a, a really awesome add to mini GP. If, if I could finagle away on making that happen, because it's cool. It's a cool factor. It's a cool thing to add on. It's a cool way to showcase our kids and the upcoming kids. And even the adults that are out there having fun, it's cool mm -hmm. for you to be like, yo, you know, send it out to your boys. Here's my link. I'm racing this weekend. You know, check me out, see how my races are going. It's it's just something cool to add to it. Right. Let me ask you something. Um with 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 the uh, with the career path that, that Julian went through, right? Instead yep. of racing here in America and he's racing overseas. Why like what what do you think stops like other kids from doing the same thing? I feel like that's a smart that's like a smart um, idea. So Based on my experience, there is no path. Um, we've we've kind of trench created, bored our way through it. Um, and the only reason Julian is in the British Talent Cup, to be 100% honest with you, is due to his sponsor. So DRC Racing oh. Leathers is an English company. Um, we got to meet them when we went out to England for the uh, British Mini Bike Championship. Mm -hmm. So at the time, actually, it was during the same time that we were doing the live videos. We caught it. We caught their attention, and their media group reached out to me and said, "Hey, we want to invite you guys to come out and race in the British Mini Cup uh, Mini Bike Championship." And I'm telling you, those guys are massive. Um, yeah, we showed yeah, up. Yeah. They do four day events. I think Thursday they had 80 participants. Sheesh. Friday and Saturday they jumped up to 130 riders. Wow. And by Sunday for the main events, they were close to 200 riders. I'm not talking about spectators and yeah, we're talking riders. And when I finally got to go out there, Julian was able to participate in the kids' class races for that. And I got to meet the owner. They had 13 cameras. They had a full media team. Their telemetry tied into the system. So when you watch the race, it looked just like a MotoGP race. It had all the riders' names on the side. It had their lap times. It had their information. Like, it is a proper, proper setup organization. And I've based a lot of what I'm able to do in MiniGP uh, through what I learned from them and continue to learn because Alan, mm -hmm. Alan Lord is the owner of that organization out there, and him and I – discuss a lot of topics and a lot of things. Um, and, you know, the biggest factor that holds us back is money at the end of the day, like it does with a lot of things. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't get enough attendance to afford a media team like they do, right. but it's the atmosphere is different. The way people look at motorcycles is different. The way they look at the sport is different. You know what I mean? Like people come come to my events and our atmosphere is fantastic at Mini GP. I mean, it's excitement. You feel it. You breathe it. You taste it. Mm -hmm. And everybody's there to have fun and it's a hobby and we have a great time. You go out there and it's emphasized a thousand times more. I mean, people call it a vacation. It's a holiday. Sorry. They call it a holiday. holiday. So it's a holiday to go racing. That's what it is to them versus us going out and, and having a racing weekend. So that that culture is is on my bucket list to change and 
start moving in a different direction. But the the culture in Europe versus the culture here in the States is different. And to answer your question, Jules, directly, there there is no direct path. Um, a lot of the kids here and a lot of the families here only get to watch Moto America unless you sign up for a MotoGP. Uh, you know, you pay the 80 bucks or whatever it is a month to watch MotoGP or you pay all the other to watch CIV or Junior GP. If, if you don't even know those things exist and you're not watching them, you're, you're not going to know what to do. And um, so when you're here in America and you're watching Motor America, what's the bike that all the kids are on? They're on the 400s, yeah. Right? So what's the first big bike a parent goes and gets their kid? A the Ninja 400. Oh, yeah. The Ninja, yeah. But you can't go from a 400 onto a GP chassis. No. You just can't. No. It's, it's not going to work. It's really not going to work. So unless you know what's being raced in Europe, unless you know where you're going to go, you have to build your kid that way. Um, mm -hmm. When we started doing the big bike stuff, you know, we put Julian on a GP chassis. We had a 400 because we weren't sure where we were going, but all mm -hmm. the focus was on the GP chassis. The opportunity came up for him to go do a couple wall cards in England and something we can get into a little bit later with the parent egos and the, and the parent you know, suggestiveness yes. to their yes. kids. Mm -hmm. My conversation with Julian has always been frank and being able to run mini GP, it allows me to see all the different sides of how parents interact with their kids. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to select and pick what things I think work and what don't work. And the conversation was like, look, we'll go do the wall card. And if you have fun and if it's something that it looks like you're capable of doing, we'll invest, we'll dump some money in it and we'll send you out. And here we are, Three years later, he's, you know, he's, he's killing it now. Yeah, he's a front runner now in, in the British Talent Cup. And that's another thing people need to realize. They they need to realize this sport isn't something that happens overnight. Um, you and I were talking about this earlier. I, I have a very, very soft spot for Avery Dreher. Um, Avery was <laughs> the very, very first student rider that put SFL Mini GP on a pro circuit. And that was Moto America. You know, Avery's in Motor America now. I think this is his fourth year, third year. Yep. The lap slayer. Yeah. Lap slayer. This yep. is now his third and fourth year. And now he's a consistent front runner and he's leading the championship now. And he's, he's very, very capable of bringing that championship home, not only to himself and all the efforts that his family and his team does, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take effing credit for it. And I'm going to say that's going to be our first mini GP professional championship because yeah. Avery, Avery definitely has the capable, not only the capability, but he's got the family support. He's got the financial support. He's got the sponsorship support and mm. the kid is freaking awesome. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. An awesome. Awesome kid. He Whenever is. he's at mini GP, he's always wanting to help. He's always wanting to get, you know, get in with the little ones and put in his time. You know, his dad, Aaron, is a very strange character, but I love that man to death. Aaron, Aaron will take the shirt off his back. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his uncle John Ludwig is a big ass bear, but I tell that man anything, that man will jump through hoops to help. So he's got an amazing support structure. And I'm I'm very, very excited for, for Avery and his family to to bring home that first mini GP championship for SFL. Right. I can't talk for my partners because they've got so many championships under their belt from Gus Rodeo to Brandon Posh and PJ and Anthony Maziato and Joe. Right, Lamont, right. And countless other riders that they've got going there. Tyler Scott this year in Supersport is freaking killing it. And 
all those kids are are, are NJ Mini GP. I, I put them under all the same umbrella because we're all family together. But mm -hmm. Avery, Avery's my first one, and I've got no pressure, Avery. No pressure. Yeah, I, that's what so I was I gonna got, say, Mike. Yeah, yeah you put a lot of pressure on Avery right now. I hope for yeah, Avery yeah. On that first Moto America Championship, man. The lap slayer, man. And I hope I'm, that I'm excited for him. Me too, it's me too. it's some it's something about this class, man. Wait, but, but before before I go off on on this little tangent, Mike, you uh, are are you into any other sports at all? I'm into soccer. I'm into basketball. Okay, love soccer. So I I was gonna relate this class of junior GP to the what was it the 2004 NBA draft with LeBron, Carmelo, yep. Dwayne Wade, big names, Chris Bosh. Absolutely. So. This junior class, I mean, this is a granted, this is the first time I really, really paid attention, but this literally is an all star squad. I mean, look, it is a wicked, wicked junior class. You got Isaac, Rossi Moore, Rossi Moore, oh man, freaking Max Van. Yeah, they're and the awesome thing about this year is you don't really have that breakaway kid yet. Rossi Moore was able to do it once this past weekend. But it's not something that's been super consistent, right? It's mm -hmm. it's it's really a class that's been nice and tight. They've all been able to push each other and make each other faster, along with breaking records along the way. It's yep. it's been a really fun junior cup to watch for sure. It's been it, it it's, it's it, my it's, favorite class. Yeah, like they are. It, yeah, it is my favorite class too, Mike. It's it's uh, by far the the most emotion you see in any class. Um, on the whole Moto America weekend. Yeah, um, it's it's that whole dad and lad package, man. It's it it's is. it's a lot of families putting in a lot of time, a lot of effort um into getting into fulfilling their kids' dreams. And um it's it's really cool to watch when the kids flourish and succeed. And it's also really cool to watch to see how they interact when they have bad weekends, right? That's that's just as important. And that's that's a topic we talk about too um, during our camps and our events. Is the the fun will come, the excitement will come, the wins will come, but it's definitely how you approach those rough weekends because there's a lot of stuff that you can't control in the sport. Can't control the weather, can't control what other riders are going to do, and you can't control the mechanics of it either. So there's a lot of things that are out of your control. But if you can control up here and keep yourself even keeled and and learn from the experience. Your next time out is going to be just as good. So it's, Facts. It, it's quite a process for sure. I, it really I, I is. So well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could only I mean, imagine. And and then you got those new electric bikes too, didn't you, Mike? Yeah. So um, Marlon, Marlon Cruz, he was, um, he's also a mini GP dad. He's one of the guys that helped me once we got started, came to the very first event and he jumped in and he's been in this whole electrical motorcycle world for a while. Uh, moved to Texas last year for this big company, Vulcan um, e-bikes, and they build all kinds of cool stuff, dude. Like they've got side by sides and all kinds of nonsense. And he was finally able to convince his higher ups to give us a shot. And he delivered six of these e-bikes to us. We put them on the track for the first time this year. And it was cool, dude. The smiles on those kids' faces <laughs> was absolutely awesome. Awesome. priceless yes oh my yes. god it was so awesome so so uh, yeah out of the out of the bikes the gas powered and the battery powered which does the, the little like like the first kids that are actually going to ride what do they gravitate uh towards more the, the gas or, or the electric so i think the electric is the hot thing now so everybody wants to hop What's on the electric. is it 
Is it now? Not, okay, down deep in my heart, no, I am a gas <laughs> engine guy. Okay, facts, I facts. can't ride, I can't hop on something and not hear anything. Right. At all. To the point where my boss took me, my boss just got a new Rivian, which is that electric RV or whatever yep, the thing it is. Yep. So he just grabbed one and we went to a, a meeting a couple days ago. He goes, Mike, I want to show you something. And he smashed on that gas pedal. It pinned me into the back seat, but you didn't <laughs> hear anything, dude. Like you knew. You were going fast, but it just wind. It was just nothing. It's you so pin cool. it in my diesel and you go, you hear that diesel roaring, and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm in a vehicle. I'm, I'm scooting. Yeah, I'm scooting. I'm in a vehicle. So yeah, I, I love the technology. The electrical stuff is the way everything is going. I mean, it is what it is. I love the technology. I love how exciting it is. Um and the kids love it. I mean, the electric bikes perform just as good as the as the gas ones. Um, it's it's just fun. It's it's fun. I'm I'm glad he was able to make that program work, and it'll brag. It'll bring more people in. We've created its own championship for it, so the winner for that championship gets to take home a Vulcan e-bike for free on their own as their damn as nice, nice. Year. So it's very very cool. It's very very cool, dude. What, I, I've oh go ahead, Chris. I, I was just gonna say what's what, what's the life uh, on those uh, battery powered motorcycles? Like, what do you get like four hours out of them? Or yeah, I think I think if you ring them out, you'll. I don't think you get four hours. I think you're lucky if you get two hours out of it. But they charge super fast, so they've got some really good charging technology that'll charge them. You know, forty five minutes to an hour has them fully charged, and you can go out and ride again. So nice. it, it worked out fine. I don't recall anyone dying um, this week yeah. when they were riding it so much. So they would bring them in from the pit. Plug them in, go out to the other classes with their gas-powered bikes, come on in, hop on their electric bike, and do it again. So I don't That's think anyone awesome. had issues with that aspect of it. That sounds fine. It's just the the, the torque on that thing must be crazy because it's just it's instant, instant torque. right? Like they, yeah. land, they launch super hard, and then they plateau. So they're not as fast as the 50s, but they're still – they're fun to watch. They're, and the kids, since it's a slower path, the kids end up doing funky stuff. Like Cooper this weekend, Coop Glover – this weekend was dragging, was trying to drag elbow, knee, and helmet at the same time. Nice. Left hander. Cool. Nice. E-bike, so it was very, very cool. Dude, very big cool. shout out to Cooper, man, and Rick. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yo, looking forward Rick, to having them on. Yes. Rick made yes. this badass logo Love for it. us, yo. Yes. But back, back to your original question, Jules. I'm in the background now that we've experienced so much with Julian in this path. I will eventually end up announcing uh, an SFL mini GP path to MotoGP or road to MotoGP or whatever you want to call it. Um, we've got some really good connections. We've got some really good people that want to get involved and, and see more people kind of head up to the Europe thing. The hardest thing is getting a hold of those GP chassis here in the States okay. and putting the kids on those chassis. So when they do show up to these wild cards, they're not just a having they're to figure lost. out a, a track. They're also at least comfortable on the bike and, and know what a bike's going because that's that's the biggest difference, really. They race GP chassis abroad. We race street cruisers here. Yeah. What What is the a process to getting a GP chassis here? Uh, it's not difficult. Uh, one of our, one of uh, Julian's sponsors, uh, his name is Stuart at Kincaid. He owns Rising Sun Cycles and he imports them. So you can purchase a Milwaukee from him. It's a little bit slower. Um, it's a perfect beginner bike to be entering into that GP channel. And then you can hop on what Julian's racing now, which is the NSF 250. You can purchase one of those from him as well. 
and you can start racing those. And there's a lot more of them now, thankfully. Um, there's a lot more of the younger kids getting on those chassis bikes. You can see them in CCS and we're out there riding and racing them. So it's, it's starting to gain parents' attentions who want to go out that European path. Um, and that unfortunately is just the chassis you've got to be on. Hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to look up where I can buy one. <laughs> RSCycles.com. RSCycles.com. No, because I'm 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 always like interested, you know what I'm saying? Like I have I have Millville and then I have um New York Safety Track up top. Yep. Yep. And it's like I was like, man, like eventually if, when, when I'm like set in life, I would like to use an actual mm-hmm. track bike, a legitimate track bike. Yep. I see the NSF 250R. Let's see what That's the so uh, long. They're like the 15, 15 or 16k. Point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure you're right. Yeah, 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 15k, which is for a GP chassis. I don't know, we're terrible. Yeah, Mike. So, so listen, we'll we'll bring in the first question. This is from Pat yeah. Sheridan. It says, "What are your plans for 2024 to continue the momentum you have built over the past several years?" Um, my formula doesn't change a lot. We will still hold our three day camp uh, in January. Uh, that camp. Uh, is is a very good beginner intermediate introduction to what the sport is we from the basics 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 we kind of work our way up through the program in those three days and it gets a lot of people ready for the season Um, the racing next year is going to be set up the same way it was this year I think this year's formula works really really well where you have a development day on Saturday so you can train and introduce a lot of the new riders into what mini GP is so they don't have to worry about, Oh my God, my first event is a race. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's not right. You come out, you do track days, you've got one-on-one coaching, you've got a development class. So it's a, it's a very good introduction into what the program is on Saturday. And then Sunday will be our qualifying and our main event and races. So if you want to hang out, spectate on Saturday, you're more than welcome to, or if you want to jump in, you jump in and we get you on the racetrack. So that formula isn't going to change. Um, I'm still debating on the bridge program. Uh, I tried it last year. The bridge program was that next step of leaving mini GP and getting prepared for the big bikes. And it wasn't very successful. I'm not sure why the attendance was, was very low and, and it did put a damper on us financially. Um, Jennings GP was, is really the only track we have access to here in Florida. The fact that it's far is one thing and the dates that we were given weren't really the best dates either but it's kind of the dates we were able to afford to kind of take the risk and and say hey at least we attempted it so i'm still 50 50 on the bridge program um this year i still have december open for that i'm not sure if i'm going to carry it into 2024 but i i'd really love to figure out a way on how to do the live streaming and broadcasting of our events I think that'll really open the door to a lot more eyes, a lot more sponsors, a lot more people interested in getting involved with the kids and with the sport, and it will give them somewhere to showcase it. So uh, my focus for 2024 is um, is that, is the live broadcast stream and, and trying to find enough people to help chip in and, and make it happen. But the formula for MiniGP won't be changing. You can use StreamYard. Yeah, you can use StreamYard. What we're doing, it'll broadcast it live just like what we're doing now. Do you think a camera this size is going to forecast the entire track? No, 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 but you can you can actually hook up your own camera to the to the program and then use whatever camera you want to. 
Huh. And that's StreamYard? Yep, StreamYard. Yep. Just an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, stream, StreamYard is freaking yeah. Hey, Ursel, I know you're in here watching, so StreamYard. StreamYard. StreamYard is lit. So my question for you guys, Chris and Julius, when are you coming out to experience an event and give it a try? When I have money. <laughs> Next year, for sure. Yeah, when, when, when I have money. I mean, I, I could... You, you said because it's in Florida, the, the events kind of like roll most of the year, right? Yeah, the events are January through November. Um, after the experience this weekend of holding an event in July, yeah, that's not going to happen again. I felt like my skin was going to melt off. I bet. So typically, we won January through May and then September, October, November. All right. I'm going to see if I could make a, make a stance for November. November is yeah. fantastic. It's the end November of the year. Next year. The weather or this is year. great. It's awesome. This year, Jules, or next year? Herring Compound, Georgia. Uh, I, I'm going to try to make a push this year. I'm trying, the Herring Compound is closer to you. That's in Georgia. Yeah. That's a fun track, a fun atmosphere. And since it's in October, we do a Halloween theme for it. So nice. we all get dressed up in costumes. We do the air costume race. So you go on Amazon, buy yourself one of those blow-up costumes, put it on, and we do a race it's on the race. racetrack with blow-up costumes. It's it's a really fun event. That's awesome. It's a really like fun event. Zoe, Zoe and her mom uh, run a really, really nice, fun event at that at their track, and it's the home of Josh Heron also. So that, that yes, brings out is. a lot of crowd, too. He's got himself a compound? Jesus. He's had himself. He's had. Yeah, he's oh, had. He had himself a compound. Yeah. Yeah. Michael got me into pulling the trigger racing with Pan America after attending a couple of SF Mini GP rentals. And that's from Spawn Bike. Yeah, that's uh, it, that's usually what it does. They'll come out, they'll try, and then the, the confidence levels are really high. I'm telling you, it's awesome. It really, really – what it allows you to do on these mini bikes makes you feel really confident. And at the end of the day, a confident rider is a safe rider. You're more aware. You're paying attention to a lot more of your surroundings, and it just – it allows you to enjoy the sport, uh, what it is, instead of worrying about getting wrecked. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Just downsized from a ZX6R to an R3 for financial reasons, and hoping to improve my technical skills. Stepping backwards to fly forwards helps hear the pros talk mini <laughs> GP experiences. I personally don't think you're stepping backwards. I personally nope. think you're making an advance way forward by going from a six to an R3. So I agree. Again, you'll be able to do a lot of things on that bike you weren't able to do on that six, and you'll be you'll have a lot more fun. I guarantee it. In which I agree. Um, but as 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 a street squid who uh who measures his uh his his limo by power of his bike, it's hard for me. It's it it no 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 I, I'm serious. It's okay, so when, when when people are like uh when people are getting into motorcycling, right? They always want like the big badass sport yep. bikes, right? Yeah. And then a lot of you know uh rider conscious people like like us racers in general they're like why why do you need that much power for the street? And honestly because it's just a big D measuring contest. Like and not only that it's, it's fun cool. It's it looks cool. At the end of the day, you're going to hop on the highway. You're going to crank the throttle. You want something to scare you, right? And and yeah. that's awesome. A 600, a 1,000 on the street, I get it. I totally get the whole theory about it. But yeah. if you're going to sit on your couch and watch motorcycle racing on TV and think you're going to go buy yourself a 600 and show up at your local racetrack and look just like them, I'm going to break your heart right now. It's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen. 
No. Unless you're Kevin no. Horney. I don't know how the hell he got that nice <laughs> within like a couple months. I'm so serious. Dude literally just started riding and he's freaking racing professionally. Like, how, bro? No, there there are those aliens out there. There are those aliens out I'm gonna there. I'm gonna be but one for of the them. 99% of the rest of us, it's not gonna happen. Bro. I hear you, Jules. I'm coming for you when we go down there to Florida. After, I'm, baby. Coming after all of you. I'm coming after all yeah, of you, yo. That's right. Let's get it. Mullet time, Chris. It's mullet time. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm with it. Super happy to have found this uh, organization three years ago. My family has had so many memories made and even lessons learned for each other on and off the track. Cody Lane. And that's from, yep. Those are those are the messages that keep us going for sure. Those those are those are really the the awesome messages and information that I love people sharing. That makes oh, it yeah. worthwhile. Hundred percent, you know, literally any any form of support. I think I think what what would be cool, like what would be cool, I said is is just taking is just uh, taking the league and just becoming a little bit more. Um, promotional with it you know so like it's like maybe just have just have people like it oh oh what about like interns or like whatever like like college kids that are college kids that are trying to do like film projects and whatnot invite them out and like like film this post it on social media and whatnot i I was i was talking to it with uh with a, a friend of mine who has a cbd business and he's like man like he's literally starting for the ground up and he's like recording um videos for his business from his iphone and i'm like yo like why don't you just reach out to like a couple of college kids that need to put together a project they're not gonna ask for payment and shit i mean he's 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 got business from that so i tried that um i tried that with a college out there's a media school in orlando um Mm -hmm. i did this like three or four years ago and i should probably reach out to them again It, it got momentum really quick until the dean of the school found out what they were recording and again it goes back to unfortunately what motorcycles means in america and the dean felt it was too high risk to be videotaping promoting or recording kids on motorcycles bro so that idea went the the teacher was all about it the teacher had the equipment he was going to make it a class project it was going to go all towards their grade we we were right there and the dean of the school shut it down because he did not feel it was appropriate to be filming children who could potentially get hurt on a motorcycle man i, I would be like, I'm like yo come out to this event look at what these kids are doing in person i tried Sheesh, what let's get him on the bike and he'll change no, his mind what no interest in it. yeah no interest in it whatsoever and it broke my heart dude because we were so close, close. You were and right it would have been great it would have been a whole community building project it would have been a college building project they would have learned we were going to integrate we were going to integrate the racers with them so when the racers weren't on track they were going to be helping the college students so they could learn media it, it was, it was, a, we put wow. together an awesome plan. And at the end of the day, the Dean was like, no, not happening. And it that's freaking crazy, bro. Down. Yeah. Shame on you, Dean. Shame <laughs> on you. Freaking shame, Dean. shame, shame. You got an yeah, F, and, Dean. And unfortunately, it goes back to that. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. I, I, I don't know who this is, but it says, what do you think are the key hurdles to bringing back motorcycle racing to the U.S. like it was in its prime? So... I have a concept and I haven't been very vocal about it every once in a while. I, I am. So I, I see motorcycle racing today, the racing today, what soccer was in the United States 20, 25 years ago. 
right? Soccer at that time was not considered a sport. It was considered something you went and did when you couldn't play baseball or basketball at the end of the day, right? It was a European sport. It was a South American sport, always popular out in those countries, never really popular here. Well, the MLS in that time has been doing a fantastic job bringing in massive names here to the States and growing the sport. The MLS went from having 12 teams to I think they have almost 30 teams now. Lionel Messi, Messi is was playing here. in the MLS now, and he has taken over all the news, all the social media, and he is the biggest name right now, but he's not the only big name. There's a massive amount of European superstars that are now playing in the MLS, which is filling stadiums, selling jerseys, selling tickets, selling TV time, selling everything, making it financially profitable. For me, Motor America needs to do the same thing. There's a bunch of not only American superstars where you have Colin Edwards, Ben Spees, any of the Hayden brothers that can still ride, because I know Roger, I don't think can ride anymore. But any one of those big name American guys should be racing here in the States. We should be bringing European talent that's retiring. There's no reason why someone shouldn't be trying to recruit Stoner. Someone shouldn't be trying to recruit Pedrosa. And be impossible. You know what I mean? It's not an easy task. But at the end of the day, if you're going to start demonstrating to Americans that motorcycle racing is a sport and not a hobby, you need to bring those guys over that have made a career out of this sport. And you can't, you're not going to be able to build the sport off of the backs of middle class mom and dad and that because the money's not there for them to do it. No, and yeah. until you bring those names and you can sell tickets, you can sell swag, you can swell, sell stuff and make it profitable – you're not going to attract the sponsorship money to bring it into it also. Well, Warhorse tried doing that, right? I mean, it, you, you can argue uh, Tony yeah. Elias, but yeah. yeah. Um, what Warhorse tried doing that with Loris Boz made, made a little bit of a – yeah, yeah. yeah. So Loris Boz made a little bit of a splash. Yeah. That was cool. And then Petrucci yeah. made a huge splash. Correct. Because a whole bunch of Americans wanted to attend races to watch him lose. Exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> like, exactly. So it's, exactly. It's it, it, it's great like that. I, I I was I was even I was even um chomping at the bit with uh, um uh shit. He just got kicked out of um, Factor BMW last year. Was it Eugene Laverty? Was it Eugene Laverty? He retired. No, so it wasn't Eugene. La Tom Sykes. Yep. yep. So so I was like I was like I, I get them confused. So I was like, yo, Tom Sykes doesn't have a ride. Why don't we get them on Warhorse? Exactly. You know what I mean? Or um or Scott Redding might not have a ride next year. I'm, I'm telling you, all so, any like, and all of those names would add class, would add a lot more to what Motor Motor America is doing a fantastic job with their program. Freaking, I freaking let let Keanu Reeves like ride one race. Like, I'm god damn it, you. he's always at track days. Yeah. Make make him make him do like one promotional race. I'm pretty sure he'd love to do it. It's, it's hard to have a conversation with someone and say, hey, what is a local superbike racer in America making versus a basketball player, a baseball player, a tennis player, a soccer player, or any other player? Because even MotoGP champions aren't making the kind of money that basketball, baseball, and soccer players are making. Freaking Jalen, uh, this, this uh, second option on the Boston Celtics, Chris, named Jalen Brown. Signed a five-year contract for three hundred and four million dollars. Yeah, he's the second option. He's not even the best player on the team. Exactly, three hundred and four exactly. freaking million dollars. One year feeds his yeah. grandkids' grandkids. 
Yeah. Look at Mbappe. Mbappe is making one year $775 million. Jesus Christ. Man, that's yeah, that's that that money doesn't exist here because it doesn't have the crowds to attract it. And the only in my opinion, the only way you're gonna have the crowds to attract it is you gotta bring those guys here. And yes, it's gonna take money, and yes, it's gonna take investments. But American motorsports died when you removed the alcohol and the cigarette companies. Facts. Oh yeah, like Marlboro. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's the truth. Camel. Motor motorsports died when you removed that stream of income. Yeah, it did. They did. It, it yeah. did. And I agree and with I, you. Mike. I know. I know cigarettes are bad, and it's not an athlete thing, and athletes aren't supposed to do it, and yada yada yada. And we all think things differently now, but. Unless you have that kind of money being filtered into the sport where it can be used to grow the sport, you're not going to be able to unless you bring in those big names and you try to bring that money some other way, the way other sports have been doing it. Or uh, back in the 1960s with Barry Sheen yeah. smoking a fag on, on the start line with a shot of whiskey <laughs> and go racing. Yeah, yeah facts. Our, our athletes aren't going to have sneaker deals. Our oh. athletes aren't going to have clothing oh. deals. Our athletes aren't going to have any of those deals because – they just don't exist. But but here's the thing though. I, I think it it can happen like 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 a sneaker and clothing deal. You just need me per okay, so I, I've I've been such a social media junkie, right? I feel like if you get that one just breakout Connor McGregor type personality American to just just be that face and just be loud and brash and freaking American, like I I, I feel like it would happen. I, f- I feel like it would happen. I think you've got two candidates right now between Brandon Posh and, and Josh Heron. Yeah. You're not going to get anyone Josh Heron's more great. controversial, more loud, more yeah. in your face than those two riders. And even then, those guys are making ends meet through their social media feeds because yeah. it's just it's not there. I mean, look, look, look what look what look what Josh Heron did with OnlyFans. Right. Exactly. So exactly. it's like. I mean, so, but I, I doubt he's making much money off of that. I mean, you, you never know. But it's a yeah. start. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it something for it's sure. It's now. It, it's something. But that's what we need is outside sponsorships to to you help do. Make, you you got to be able to bring here. in, and the only way you're going to bring those com- those big companies in is by showing big numbers. That's and it. unfortunately, Motor America doesn't have the numbers yet to bring in. The Nikes, the Adidas, the General Mills, the Pfizer's, the whoever the heck wants to be able to make a commercial for them and pay them for the space because you just don't have the viewership. So and but, how do you increase we, viewership? You got to bring people that people want to see. That's it. True. That's that's true. That's but fact. before we get to this uh, little question right here, um, based on what you said, is there any rider that you know uh, currently that is trying to like reach out to companies like that, like like? Like a team manager reaching out to Adidas, like, "Hey, um, this is what we do professionally, and uh, we would like to see if you want to partake in in a sport that we specialize in." Uh, I'm uh, I'm the type of guy that swings for the fences all the time. Um, I don't know of anyone in particular. Uh, I myself, for my son's path, um, need the financial support, and we've reached out to protein companies, sneaker companies, cereal companies. We've even done enough research for companies that do business in England and the USA and see if we can get their attention. And unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the response and some of the conversation that a lot of these parents are probably dealing with right now is how do you overcome the ROI conversation? Sweet. 
When am I going to get my investment back? How am I going to get my investment back? I can't promise you that Julian is going to sell you sneakers. I can't promise you that you're going to sell more cereals or that you're going to get that next contract because you're sponsoring this kid that you like the idea of. I can't promise that. So I, I'm not the one to have that conversation and not be honest about it because then I don't sleep good at night. So when someone says, yeah, man, I love what you're doing. I love what's going on. Here's a check for 10 grand. How am I getting it back? I don't have that answer because you're not it. So is it an investment? It's an internal investment, right? Because you can say at one point, and again, it's a lottery pick at the end of the day, we could have all the funding in the world and that rider could go out and get hurt. And then that's the end of that path. Or that rider can only get to a certain limit and then politics are involved. You don't know who you needed to know to get on the team that you need to get onto in order to win that championship. Now that rider gets lost in the cloud. So there's a lot of different levels. There's a lot of different things that, you know, have go to into it. Yeah. 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 Have to come together that perfect storm yes. for you to be able to, to find to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's 40 seats between yeah. Moto 3 and Moto GP. There's 40 seats. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That's it. They're not adding seats. They're not taking away seats. There's 40 mm -hmm. seats. So that rider that's coming in with the right pedigree, the right sponsors, and the right amount of money is going to get those seats. And yep. at the end of the day, internally, you as an investor can say, okay, I was a part of this kid's journey. And that fulfilled me more than trying to get my $10,000 plus ROI back. Yeah, it, it, it don't even matter about your nationality because our, our friend Joey Thompson was talking about it. Uh, exactly that. We had him on the podcast about how the Red Bull Rookies Cup was just like that. Mm -hmm. Even though he was the fastest, he beat everybody there because he was a, a European and didn't have that money back backing yep. to, to, to come mm -hmm. back. It was mm -hmm. that was it. He was out. But no questions yeah. asked. So, yeah. yeah. It just, it and it happens in every sport. Look at it it F1. Does. You have it a father-son with a father when bought the team so that his son can go ride. <laughs> the fucking strolls. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> on Netflix. I mean, it's not a lie. We're not, no, talking, we're not. We're not making up stuff. It no, happens. In the it, most expensive sport in the world, F1, it's there. Daddy's a billionaire. Good. Kid couldn't find a seat. So, okay, I'm going to go buy the team and here's your seat. Like, yeah, it, the, it just happens. It's there. The, the, the politics are, are crazy. I mean, look at Logan Sargent. I mean, they, they only did it just to put an American on there. Right. <laughs> Which right. is kind of backfiring because he's not that good. Well, but it's, <laughs> right? it's, it, it happens in, in motorsports, unfortunately. That's, that's how it works. It's only a certain amount of seats. You don't have 11 players on the team. You've got one. And there's right. only 40 seats at the top. So that's, that's really what everyone is battling for. It that's is. true. It really and is. unfortunately, Americans right now don't have a seat there because we are not breeding enough talent to bring that seat out. So, one hundred and ten percent. And which, which is why I was always interested in your your process of of putting Julian out there is because you're putting them overseas on these on these big tracks and racing against foreign talent. Well. Of oh, not not well native talent, you know what right. I mean? Right. So so these are these are kids that for for their country is their future. So right. putting Julian there and getting that experience against that competition on a GP chassis definitely sets that up. Which is yeah. why I was always interested. I'm like, why isn't he here in Moto America? And then I thought about it a little bit, and I was like, wait a minute, this might actually be more beneficial at least for the skill set portion. Yeah, it's it's beneficial for the path that we want to take, right? And and we were fortunate that we had Sean Dillon Kelly in our lives and his father and I are are extremely close. 
And I can't even say Julian was the first one to try on this path because we're following the path that Sean took. And, yeah. you know, Sean went off and he raced abroad in Mexico and when Red Bull had the KTM Cup in Mexico and he was a champion there. And that's what got him his position in the Red Bull Rookies Cup. And then he did three years in the Red Bull Rookies Cup. But unfortunately, after you leave that, you're talking $150,000 for a seat in Junior GP. That's not a small number. So they had to come home. And when they came home, that's when he started racing Supersport, won his championship in Supersport, and then went back and got offered the seat in Moto2. But still, that transition isn't easy, right? Going from a street chassis to a GP chassis, and those Moto2 bikes are not easy bikes to ride. Pedro Costa took him a full season just to figure out how to ride the bike. And you're talking about the next god in the sport, right? So you're going to take an American kid who rides really, really well, is probably faster than anyone you're going to physically see at a racetrack, and he goes out there and he's struggling because it's not it's not an easy transition. The tracks aren't easy. The competition lives at these tracks, you know, breathes these tracks, rides these tracks on all different types of machinery. The advantage is there right now. The yeah, yeah, you're right. And the only way to get a piece of that advantage is to be there. Yeah, I mean, look at Cambobia. He's a perfect example. He went out there. He struggled. He come back to Moto America, and he's he's a winner, right? And I mean, even right off still, the jump, what he was able to do in two years was phenomenal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it was a money awesome thing. Some opportunities. I mean, he was so close to a podium. He, he was, was so close I to know, a win. I know. The guy did, in my mind, the most an American has done since Nikki Hayden. Thanks. That's not saying that Joe Roberts hasn't done a lot because he's been the sole American in that paddock for a really, really long time. And that takes a lot of sacrifice on its own. But what Cameron did in two years is phenomenal. And he's gone through the program too. He did three years of Red Bull Rookies Cup. He's Mm -hmm. won Red Bull. So he's been on those machines before. He has a little bit of understanding what it takes to ride those machines. But if you take someone who's never been on that type of chassis, and throw them out there with the Europeans, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna make it. But no. you just, they're gonna get just, eaten up pretty quick. Truth, you're not, yeah. you're not gonna make it. I still think Garrett Gerloff is the fastest American in the world right now. Garrett Gerloff is my opinion. A beast. He, I, I was gonna say, Mike, yeah, same words that right out of my mouth. A beast. Right. Rossi, you ruined this man. That guy <laughs> is a beast. I agree. Yes, he is. Big fan of Gerloff. I, I, I love Valentino Rossi, but I forever have beef with him for what he did with Garrett Gerloff. <laughs> Dude, dude, do you remember right. what happened? I love telling the story. Go ahead, tell it. So, so back when Rossi had COVID, and Garrett Gerloff took over the factory seat for uh, for I think two practices, and was running really fast lap times, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, because what what was it back then? It was two weeks, right? Yep, two weeks. Two weeks. Yep. That was it. All of a sudden, Rossi's like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm healed. Get this motherfucker off my bike." Oh my god, I was so <laughs> upset. I was like, we we could have seen this man race. Yeah, factory yeah. Yamaha. That would have been like, good too. Damn, yeah, would have been he was good. doing so well. He was like, I got on it and like, oh, it was like it's like something from from another universe. It's like a rocket ship. But god damn it, he got used to that thing so quick. And I was like, man, he was he was right there. Yeah. My boy Rossi ruined his oh. career. Coming after you, old man. <laughs> uh, the uh, VR46 Motor Ranch better watch out. Cool Jules is on his way. <laughs> coming. He's coming with a little bit of mini GP training. He's got That's you. It. He you got know, you. I, <laughs> no, because I, 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 I do pride myself as, as a fast learner. So, like, I'm really excited to actually take that journey. Um, I, I, 
I actually want to go to this question because uh, I felt bad that we kept putting it off. So he says, can you talk about getting into this business as a 40 plus uh, working adult? Are you ever too old? Resources such as track locations. I don't think you're ever too old to have fun, right? So your your question is kind of ambiguous. So I'll, I'll focus it on just mini GP. If you're coming out as a 40 plus year old to come ride MotoGP, we've got a class dedicated just for those 40 and over guys. Yeah, so Chris. You're going to be racing with guys exactly like you who are working adults coming out to have fun. Um, track locations are based on where you live. In Florida, we've got two tracks. It's Anderson Race Park, which is down in Palmetto, Florida. Then you got Bushnell Motorsports Park, which is in Bushnell, Florida, just north of Tampa. Both of them are on the West Coast off of 75. And um, then we go out to the state of Georgia and we go to a place called the Heron Compound. That's an hour west of Savannah. Um, and those are the tracks that we, we go to here. We do have another track in Florida. It's called Gainesville Raceway. Um, that one's not open to the public. Uh, we're required to rent that space to allow people to go out and ride. So we do have that third track. But when it's open to the public, if you're out in the West Coast or if you don't mind the drive, you can go to Anderson or Bushnell any day of the week, hop out on the track, get some practice in, and then that way you're prepared to come out and have some fun with MiniGP. Or you wait for our development days, our Saturdays, to come out and, and get taught by one of our coaches and kind of get brought into the whole family atmosphere that is MiniGP. So to me, you're never too old. You're never too young to come out and have some fun. And, and I'm telling you, it's probably a really, really good stress reliever as well. Absolutely. Tell you, tell you, Chris, when we start making money off of this podcast, bro, yo, official pin the gas riders. What? <laughs> you never should, know. Or Ursula says, should let one of these kids. What is wrong with you guys and shaving people's heads, bro? Like, I don't know, man. That seems listen, to be a popular gimmick nowadays. That's, that's, that, that's the bet between me and you. I, I, when we race down there, they want oh. one of the kids to, to cut our hair. You even got people want to be corner workers now. This is Rick oh. Glover. He wants to be a corner worker during our race. Me and you, Jules. Nah, throwing throwing water kids. bottles is my throwing water bottles is my thing. No one else is allowed to throw water bottles. Okay. So Wait, when I during the three day camp, I use a water bottle, a half of a water bottle. And if you're messing up in your drill or you're not paying attention to the instruction you get thrown, I toss a water bottle at you and I make you start all over again. So that is what <laughs> I do during the three day camp. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Attempted murder, right there. I love that. It. Is my constructive criticism. You're not doing it right. <laughs> it's awesome how SFL Mini GP teaches these kids how to ride when they go out and do amazing things. I mean, shoot, look at look at the freaking. And that's from Andrew Way. Big shout out to Andrew. Andrew's my next one, man. Andrew's yep, Andrew. gonna be out in the Motor America paddock next year. So Andrew is my next one. He's We're gonna have him on the podcast in, in September, October for sure. Yeah, super excited class. to have him. Yes, yep. it is stacked. Yes, I, I, I definitely, I'm definitely I'm looking at this uh this Honda NSF 250R, and I really freaking want one now. Between Junior Cup and Twins Cup, we have a cut. We have a ton of kids coming to those big bike rides. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot yeah. of them. I see Julian was able to hang with KDJR during the FIM Junior Cup, who whom has been in Spain for a few years. However, there appears to be a huge gap from them to BSB. What do you think that attributes to that? Uh, so the machines are a little bit different between the FIM and the BSB. Uh, the NSFs are a bit more powerful. There's a, a lot more that goes into those bikes than the BSB. The BSB is literally a stock bike from the crate out to the racetrack. 
in the in the junior they're allowed to mess with the bikes they're allowed to tune the bikes and do a little bit more work with the bikes and then the other factor is the tracks the tracks are very very different in spain those are world-class you know moto gp tracks that they ride on versus bsb they're more kind of concentrated in the english style racing bikes with just silverstone being the the gp track so there is there is a quite a bit of difference track layout and team layout bike layout but there is nothing that stops the transition from a BTC rider to being successful in in the junior GP world, like Casey O'Gorman. Casey O'Gorman yeah. has been bred up through the English program, and now it doesn't matter what freaking bike he's on. That boy is out there doing his thing. So um, that that is definitely one of the paths. I would not suggest taking a 14-year-old rider and throwing him into junior GP. I think that would definitely destroy their confidence, destroy your wallets, because that is definitely next level. Uh, Julian and I figured that out when we did our wild card. Um, you go out there, and that is that is war out there. Those kids are no joke. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Julian yeah. goes, what do I have? What do you mean I, do I, that? I, I, th I think he's talking about his bike. It, it, it's an NSF 250, ain't it? That's right. Yep. yep. He has an NSF, NSF 250. NFS mm. 250, yeah. Question for this yeah, go, uh, no, this is from Chris Gladden. Yes, we will be going back to Gainesville in 2024. Gainesville, that's where my favorite wrestler is from. Freaking AJ Styles. That is a very, very fun track. So, yeah, we'll be going there. Oh, you're living on kids. I'm dead. Yeah, definitely. But, yo, just wait. <laughs> just I'm just saying, man, just wait. You'd be I amazed get... at how many adult hearts get broken when they get passed by a 9, 10, or 11-year-old on the racetrack. I'm, I'm ready for it. Marith Knight says, it's so true. Wait till you show up on an adult track, on an adult track time, and Mike puts you on a 110 humbling, then fun once you smile the pride. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely. Mar Marith has been one of my projects for a very, very long time. Um, he brought his family out to ride with us once. His his daughter and his son liked it, but weren't really like, oh my God, let's go do it. And Marith has always been a, a motorcycle rider. Um, he's my go-to guy. God forbid I ever get myself in trouble. He is my speed dial. He will be my get out of jail free card. But Marith has been my project for a long time. Um, he loves the sport. He's got amazing passion for it. And he is not lying. He, I think Marith is 6'5", 230 something pounds. And I took him off of his motard that he thought he was so cool with. And I dropped him on a 110. He laughed at me. I thought he was going to kick my ass. <laughs> he laughed at me, and then after I was done teaching him how to do it the right way, then the relationship spawned from there, and here we are today. So, Meredith, love, love you, brother. Miss your face. Big shout out, Meredith. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out, Meredith. I've I've been through I've been through so many sports, man. I've been humbled in in ways I can't even imagine. In jujitsu, my the first person to ever choke me out was this tiny, tiny eighteen year old Brazilian girl. So I've 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 been humbled. So this this will be nothing for me. I wish I had found this organization 10 years ago when my kids were younger. It ain't too late. Bart is new. Bart is new this year. He did the camp for the first time. Uh, he lives far away, um, and his work kind of hinders him being able to come out to a bunch of, of events. But when Bart comes out, man, he's he's he has a lot of fun. He's another smile in the paddock. Really cool dude to hang out with. So Bart Bart's a good dude, brother. Welcome to the family. Rick Lover says maybe reach out to Wusuf at University of South Florida. Rick, man, you got those connections over there with all 30 of your kids. So hook it up. <laughs> Get someone out there with us. Drop the pen. Stop pitching. <laughs> Who let my wife into this chat? Someone got, somebody pushed her away. Who let my wife into the chat? Oh, I'm dead. Stop <sighs> pitching the pen.
It's awesome. No, he's he's media training. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, it's it, awesome. It, it's 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 crazy. Like when, when we have the writers that we have on here, like the professional, professional writers, they start off the podcast probably 15 minutes in. They're like so media trained and so like ooh. And then twenty then 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes later, all hell breaks loose. I yeah. mean, look at freaking Forrest Dunn and like and like all those guys that race Isle of Man TT. It's so funny. They start off so professional in the beginning, and then they lose their shit towards the end. (laughs) Media training. Media Uh, training. You're right. Jesus Sierra says, looking for sponsorship sounds like another full-time job. I can see why sometimes it's hard when your time needs to be prioritized. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it takes planning. I'm I'm big into planning. So when you're going into your next year and you know where you want to ride, what organization you're going to ride with, what bikes you're going to be on, you do have to allocate time for finding the money. I mean, unless you're independently wealthy, it's not a cheap sport. We all know it's not. Um, so you do have to go out, reach out to the tire vendors, reach out to the fuel vendors, reach out to the parts vendors and local companies and local pizzerias and whatnot and be like, hey, I'm going racing. Let me represent you and see if you get lucky for a couple bucks. But yeah, it's definitely a, a full-time job. <laughs> Read this one. It's a light, lighten, lighten it up question. <laughs> did you really grab Sassy's ass on camera? Or was I did. I got a full handful this weekend. I absolutely did. If she's going to wear the Daisy Duke shorts, I'm grabbing that ass. That's um, it. That everybody is it. Everybody cover your eyes. Gone. <laughs> that is awesome. Dude. It, 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 that reminds me of like things that freaking uh what are the the CFE boys would freaking do to each other. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yo, I fr- I freaking love those guys, dude. Oh man, I yeah. I definitely want to do this this, this whole like mini thing, man. Like I'm I'm so hyped. Like you're in already. That's it. You're you're already gonna figure out how to get there. That's all you yep. need to figure out is how you're gonna get there. I'll take care of the rest. I got I got to buy my my plane ticket because yeah, like like I said, I'm I'm going I'm going to freaking Orlando uh, first week of September. But you said that you guys don't really have September second and third. We're at Anderson Race Park. First weekend in September. That's a thirty minute drive from Orlando. Who the hell is this? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's not bad. Thirty minutes, man. You could be there in no time, dude. I'll definitely freaking be there. What? Yep, September second and third. I just got to convince my girlfriend. You ain't got to convince her. You say, "Hey, babe, this is what we're gonna do. Let's roll." September second. Okay, wait, wait. Let me. She'll be fine. Let me let, let me write that down somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna message myself. Don't worry, I'll, I'll text it to you, Jules. I won't let you forget. Trust me. The way so September second, third, Anderson Race Park. Yep. A- Anderson Race Park. Uh, what, what what do I got to bring? No official. Nothing. Coming. Nothing yourself. That's it. You bring I anything. got everything. If you want to bring your helmet, water. bring your helmet. But other than that, I got it all. I'll bring my helmet. Yeah, I'll bring my helmet. Cause I'm a pretty large guy, so you know, a suit. I got, I got everything. I got you covered, bro. I think, I think I'm a 58. Cause my you. my current jacket's 56. I think I've got up to 64. I think so. I got everything. Oh, that's huge. No problem. Matt Dexter, no official comment. <laughs> Laughing yeah, emoji. Big shout out to Max, DRC, Hank Miller. You have been around uh, Moto America Mini Cup, most likely well after. What do you tell Moto America to help them with that series before it gets before it goes extinct? Um, I have been there. Unfortunately, I only participated in one year of the mini cup. So I don't, I don't know the ins and out of it. I haven't really spent an entire championship in that mini cup. Um, I, I, I don't know how to answer that question. I think what motor America needs to do for the main thing is I think they need to give the kids in the cup 
more media time. Um, they have, they already have the media teams there. They already have the cameras there. The mini cup races do not happen during the motor America races. So there's no reason why they can't bring two or three cameras down there with them and they can grab Kayla. They can grab Roger, any one of the podcasters to come out, announce the race for everybody to watch online, just like they do for all the other races. I, I think that would be step number one for that mini cup. Um, it'll allow people to feel the value of chasing a national series without it being not a ghost, but it's not really promoted as much as I think it should be. Um, they ask a lot of the parents, they ask a lot of the riders. And I think, I, I think a good piece back to them for their investment would be a lot more social media and a lot more live coverage of what goes on. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. You know, it, it lacks that even in the professionalism of Moto exactly. America. Exactly. Uh, junior Cup, all the way back to even Superbike. Even the guys in Superbike, it's the yeah. first six, eight people. You got to get people to connect, man. You got to get people right. to connect. You got to get people to feel it. I think that's why Supercross does so well. I mean, the dirt biking industry is massive as it is alone, but I think the reason for it is because you're able to connect and have access to to those riders and. And the way they do the Supercross on TV is amazing. phenomenal. Yeah, it I mean, you, really say you get lost four hours watching motocross, no problem. No problem. I agree with you. You know, and, and, and they cover a lot of the aspects, even all the way back up to the last guy riding. He gets yep. some sort of TV coverage and yep. his name being called out there, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, another thing I see where we fall too is, is like when, when they win a race, right? They get like whatever, 15, 30 seconds to talk. And most of that is sponsorship. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to thank AGV, this and my team and all that. You know, I, I think they need to have a little bit longer. Um, I understand it's just about the sponsorship and the money, but uh, a yeah, little bit longer. The opportunity. You, you got yeah. to. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just so short. You need to yeah. just lengthen it a little bit and, and let them get it out. And, yeah. but it's all paid, right? It's all you got certain uh allocated tv slot um which makes it challenging yep yep agreed i think i think moto america is doing uh a steady um they're, they're, they're doing a steady job into getting the sport out there more um they're they're very involved in TikTok. I've I've seen it. I've I've seen a couple of Moto America comments on on uh, different viral videos. I'm like, what the hell? Moto America watches this shit. Yeah. So I, I I feel like I feel like they're they're doing they're doing a decently good job. Um, but as the as the biggest road racing uh, league in America, uh, I feel like you know there there are some there are some strides that they can take from Supercross and like yeah. Motocross. Because what what's nuts is what when I tell people that. I'm really into motorcycle racing. The first thing that they mention is supercross motocross. Yeah. It's so big here. Exactly. You exactly. Know what I mean? So well, and in motocross, you can make quite a freaking living. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Those oh, those performers in motocross, you've got factories that are involved, you got massive companies that are involved. Those riders can make a decent living. Yeah. Freaking people buy motocross uh uh long sleeves and don't yeah. freaking ride like it's yeah. just it's such a marketable yeah. sport exactly i feel like motor our sport could be like that too for sure we it just like, like mike be. said we absolutely. just need uh the the people and, and the right people to, to come in and showcase it for sure yep and that that's that's what i'm trying to do through pin the gas i'm trying to make i mean mo mo motorcycle racing is cool but i'm trying to make it cool like i'm yeah, trying to make exactly. it exactly you know you know because for we want to be the cool kids <laughs> yeah like 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 for for someone like me who who's you know, Chris has been in this in this sport for 
for more than a couple decades and i just i just got here you know i'm a basketball fan i'm, I'm a wrestling fan i'm a ufc fan and then now i'm really into this like really really into it yeah if it can change someone like me it can definitely change a joe schmo next door you know what i'm saying so that, just that grabbing their attention, finding what, a way to grab their attention. Exactly. And, and, and it will, it will like through, through my, through my Instagram engagement, through my posts on motorcycle racing, it gets people talking. They, they ask me like, Oh, uh, what is, what does someone have to do to, to do this? Or how are they dragging elbow like that without yeah. sliding off of their bike? You know, it gets, it gets a conversation going. And that's all conversations that motor America could be doing in their splits. Right. right, motocross does it. Right, the engineering of motocross. Like you can go into the engineering of road racing, and make that bits and pieces explain to people how these riders are doing what they're doing. And, and there's, there's all different kinds of ways, and and there's other sports already doing it. So why not just grab a piece of what they're doing and do it for yourself? I mean, nothing is stopping you. Yeah, you, so. you'd be cool if if you had someone like. Uh, like who's a who's a big person? Oh yeah, like like, like Josh Heron, like post the video, be like, hey, did you guys know that you can do this on a motorcycle? And it's just like freaking, <laughs> like like him just like doing like crazy shit, you know, just making it more. Uh, you're, you're talking mainstream. to the casuals, make it more mainstream. You're talking, yeah, you're talking to the casuals. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, yep. like yeah, this guy can dunk a basketball, but can he? Can he corner at a at eighty five miles an hour with his shoulder on the ground like right. this guy? You know, right? right. It's, it's some cool shit. Um, this comment says, Mike, how exciting is it to see kids in SFL Mini GP who are a bit too young to race and ride, run around and grow up around the sport of the organization, and see the future of SFL for years to come? Nah, it's Next. awesome. All the all the little brothers and sisters out there on their stay six and their balance bikes and stuff like that. Grayson was one of them. You know what I mean? Grayson grew up watching his his older brother ride before he came of age to ride. So it's it's cool because well, you know during lunch we'll let the we'll let the younger kids go out on the track with their riders so they get to experience racing and riding on the track and being out there. So it's also super cool. I'll hop on my Vulcan Brat and I'll go out there with them and I'll push them around a little bit, teach them a couple of things here and there. So it's fun watching the little ones run around and want to be part of it, knowing that that they'll be the next ones coming up and. And seeing the smiles on the family's faces and stuff is cool, man. It's cool. Dealing with the kids is fulfilling. It's it's a lot yes. of fun. It's very rewarding. Um, and and just it's fun. It, at the end of the day, it's just it's fun. And that, that, that question was from Kyle Barnhill. Yeah. Well, Kyle knows because he's got a couple coming also. So Kyle's aware. He's a Motard racer with us. Nice. And then this and, one's and, from and then Susie Schwartz. Yeah. This is our second year with SFL Mini GP. Incredible group of people. My son is 11. My daughter just turned 10 on Saturday. They love it. Very family-like atmosphere. And this family is 100% in, bro. Daughter, son, and dad ride. I mean, we're talking triple threat out of this family. So it's very, very cool. Susie is an awesome motorcycle mom. I mean, she is all over the pit helping everyone that she can help. She is absolutely awesome as well. So the Schwartz family, super cool. Uh, Brian, the dad actually got on the podium this weekend also. So they have, they have a lot, a lot of racers in that family. Fun family to have in the paddock. Congrats on your podium. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at some of the little footage that you guys have on your YouTube page right now. Yeah, there you go. That's from one of the live, that's from this year. That was Abbott Productions doing the live feed this year on our Facebook. So that's the live feed they did for us out of Bushnell. That looks like it's the monkey bike race, I think. If it's all Groms. A little, little, little Honda monkeys. <laughs> 
<laughs> Aaron, bro, I love you, Aaron. If you weren't listening earlier, I already talked about you and I gave you your 10 seconds, all right? Uh, yes, I we did. I love you, yeah. dude. And yes, awesome. I can teach you how to ride. You just can't bring the Ducati. I'll throw you on a 110 also. Uh, Mike, what's your favorite thing about race weekends? Uh, oh, winning. I'm going to give Cameron his 10-second spotlight right now here. Cameron Myers was selected out of 10 riders at the three-day camp this year to be a fully sponsored SFL Mini GP rider for Sheesh. the year. Um, I think Cameron has lost like 30 pounds, I think he told me. So that way he can be more competitive. He's riding really, really strong, and I am looking forward to you shaving your head. I was going to say. At the end of the day, hold on. At the end of the day, there's no reason Jamie should have been near you if you were going as quick as you needed to be. So, therefore, I am looking forward to you shaving your head. But Cameron's a cool dude. His family is super cool. Uh, he just had a birthday this weekend also. We celebrated at the thing. But um, my favorite thing about the race weekends – is the end of it when I'm backing it up and everybody's <laughs> heading home exhausted, tired, with a bunch of smiles on their face. Um, yeah. I enjoy the race weekends. I enjoy everything about the race weekends from the moment we get there, hanging around with the kids, getting everyone on track, just walking around, talking to everybody. Um, it's definitely my favorite thing about the race weekends is all of it. But at the end of it, when everyone's exhausted and they still come up and say how much fun they had, uh, it's probably one of my best times. That's, that's and that, and that's all that matters is that everybody goes home happy and accomplished. Jamie tossed him an elbow. I'm dead. Nah, Jamie should Jamie should have been close enough. That's from Pat. Jamie so, should not have been close enough. I blame Cameron. She he Pat said I taught her that. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how much writing Mike has done on on the U.S. tracks, but would like to ask his favorite tracks and dream bike. And that's from Chris. So I have not done. A lot of big tracks. I've done a lot of the low, the, a lot of the cart tracks. Um, Jennings is one of my favorite tracks, um, and that's one of the only tracks I got to share with my two boys at the same time. Also, so nice. Jennings has a special heart, has a special spot for me um, in my heart. It's it's a fun track. It's a cool track. I got to ride Rick Glover's uh, Ducati on that track. Nice. That was super fun. Um, it was a hyper motard. So. Uh, Jennings is probably one of my favorites, but again, I haven't ridden a lot of big tracks as far as little tracks, the go-kart track at New Jersey motorsports park is a phenomenal go-kart track. And that's probably one of my favorite go-kart tracks with Bushnell being second. Damn, yo. Ah, man. I can't, I can't wait to do this. Anderson, yo, we out, man. It's going to be fun. Joe, just get prepared. You get there, bro. Hey, listen, you practice as much as you want. I'm bringing the Clippers cause your head's going to get, uh, Monetized. Yep, just like Cameron's. <laughs> Freaking, yo, just walking around with a mullet, man. I, I, I got to tell my girlfriend, like, yo, if I lose this race, I'm going to be walking around with a mullet That's for it. a while. And That's you're it. old, too. I can't promise it's going to grow back. That's it. Oh, man. No, nah, because I have uh, – hold, hold on. Look look, uh, look at this, look, baby boy. it boys. doesn't grow back. Yeah, look. Like, look it don't it grow doesn't back. grow back, bro. That's awesome. It doesn't grow back. I love look at, it. Look at all this hair, baby boys. Yeah, it doesn't go that. back. Look at that. Freaking, I, I have to tie this thing, man, because I hate when my hair is all like loose and whatnot. Sorry, Cameron. But, you made a bet, buddy. You got to stick to your word. It's done. This is going to be awesome, Cam. Don't dude, even listen, think about bro. it no more. It's done. That's it, dude. Listen, it's just going to be done. live. It's no pressure at all, and it'll grow right <laughs> back. I mean, 
yeah, it'll grow back within a month. Yep. You'll be good, man. You'll yep. be good. We in there. I'm I'm excited. But all right, boys. Yep. So we we we've uh, we've approached past the one one thirty mark, and uh, I know everybody's got some busy stuff. I mean, Chris Chris is working. I gotta go to work soon. You unfortunately, this isn't. Yeah, unfortunately, this isn't my fault. Yeah, all too. three of us gotta go. Office. No, no um, me too. No, freaking a. But, I, I just I want to throw something out there. We didn't get to get a chance to touch, so I'll do a, yeah. a brief little sector on it. Um, to anyone planning mini GP, to anyone currently in mini GP, and this is going out to my parents. Um, I want to make it sound serious because it is serious. At the end of the day, this is a sport. At the end of the day, we're here to have fun. If you don't make it fun for your child, your child can be the best rider in the world. If you don't make the atmosphere fun, if you don't make the learning fun, if you don't make the losing fun, if you don't make the bad days fun, if you don't make the good days fun, you're not going to make it. Um, I deal, unfortunately, with a not a lot, but I have dealt, unfortunately, with parents that allow their egos to take over what we're trying to do in this sport. And it keeps the sport down. It keeps the sport down. It keeps your attitude down and it ruins the rider. Your rider can be an awesome, awesome rider. But if you're that kind of parent who imposes their will and doesn't check their ego at the door, there's not a sponsorship out there that's going to want to deal with your kid because guess what? You come with it. So I wanted to make that perfectly, perfectly clear. This, If this is the future you want for your kids, let them decide that future. And I'm telling you from a sport dad, my son is very aware that if he comes to me one day and tells me, dad, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go do something else. And that closes that chapter in our life. We've got our memories and we move on because he's not doing it for me. He's not doing it for his mom or anybody else. He's doing it because he wants to do it. So if there's any message I want to get out from mini GP and from me personally out of this podcast, leave your egos at the door, let your kids have fun, make the sport fun. And that will start the wheels on changing this from a hobby to a sport because no one wants to deal with an attitude parent. No one wants to deal with a parent who thinks they know it all. And no one wants to argue at the end of a race event with a parent who feels that their kids should have done better. When at the end of the day, it could have been any freaking circumstance out of anyone's control that caused whatever ended up causing the situation. So that's my two cents on that matter. And I wanted to make sure I made that part of this podcast because I feel it's something very important, especially with the families and the kids coming through or those of you planning on coming through. This ain't for you, dad. This ain't for you, mom. This ain't you for uncle. This is for the kids to come out, try something new, and have a blast. And if it's not fun, why the heck are you doing it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. You got to separate. Perfect. You got to separate being the parent and the manager. Other than that, SFL Mini GP, I remove all the damn excuses. I got gear. I got bikes. I got coaches. I got everything you need. SFLMiniGP.com. Get on that website. Register for the next event. If you don't live in Florida – NJMiniGP.com if in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, or DMVMiniGP.com if you're in Delaware, Maryland, or Virginia. We got the whole East Coast covered. The MiniGP kids are coming. You can't run away from it. We're there. We're in your tracks. We're in your paddocks. We're in the national championship. Come out. Have some fun. And let's make motorcycling as awesome as it is. And we all appreciate everything that you do. I mean, the community appreciates what you do. 
Um, I I was told that you know the you had a you had a special thank you video. Um, I do. Uh, I I believe so. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to see how I could get a hold of that, but when I do, I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna send it. I'm not All gonna right. say who it's from. I'm gonna do the the, the the drawing because everybody that, that watched and participated is entered into a drawing. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how I can bring it up on on the screen, but but when I click on the giveaway tool, it it takes me to a a, a different screen. So hang on one second. Right. Let it draw. Hold on a second. What is going on here? Uh, All right. And today's winner is Chris Gladden. Congratulations. Chris Gladden. There you go. Chris yes, Gladden. Chris. So, oh. so, Chris, listen, if you're listening, uh, shoot me a message on Messenger and give me your address, and uh, I'll get them stickers out to you. And, and real quick, uh, before Jewel pulled this video, I just want to let everybody know, man, I thank you guys so much for all you guys' love and support all the time for Pin to Gas. Again, Mike, what an honor to have you on. And listen, I'd like to work with you in the future. Um, we can do Facebook Live videos, you know, and all that good stuff. I'm totally down with it. Um, SFL Mini GP. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, yeah. And, 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 um, I'm, I'm actually, uh, me and Mike talked about this earlier, but, uh, I'm gonna, our new t shirts are actually gonna have the, his logo, um, on our new Pin to Gas t shirt because we're gonna support his whole organization as well as all the kids, which everybody listening, all the mom and dads that have kids out there that, that's in there, reach out to me because I want to get them on the podcast too, as well, and, and give you guys exposure. And man, what Mike's doing for, for our kids and within the racing organization and or just riding, sport. dude, it's it's listen, hats off, bow down. You, Appreciate my friend, it, is truly mega, and what you're doing is is i highly commend it man it's it's awesome thank you guys and Amen. i appreciate you guys letting me use your uh your venue your avenue you guys are top-notch pro fellas and i wish you guys the best and pin the gas and keep growing keep doing what you do bring the awareness out i love it yeah i, I appreciate it man and anytime you want to you know obviously post on on our page man you're more than welcome to all we'll the do. time absolutely We'll do yeah, post, yeah, just 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 post anything, you know. We're we're always looking forward to to a great conversation. We appreciate all the comments that that everybody. It. Uh, it's it's been so interactive. I mean, I I, I love that everyone gets to ask um, questions here um, on yeah. this platform. It, it gives us uh, more insight on, on what we can talk about and what we can learn about. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, it's direct access to our guests right here. there. And if anyone wants to get a hold of me, I'm easy to get a hold of. So Instagram at SFL Mini GP, Facebook, Michael Career or SFL Mini GP on Messenger. I'm always open, always available, willing to help anything and everything I can. Yeah. And you guys already know where to find us at on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Facebook, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll be I'll be working on the whole YouTube thing for for the next few weeks. So I'm going to get all the podcasts out of YouTube introductions and and everything. Um, Chris Danovich said that uh, uh, they stole the mic from you at a trophy presentation. He did. He did steal the mic from me. And I guess he was recording his awesome speech. So Chris, Chris stood up just before trophy cel uh, celebration and he announced that I was going to end up doing this podcast with you guys. And he said some really, really awesome words to the crowd and for me. So I appreciate Chris, man. Dude, that that is that is awesome. Oh, and one more thing before we get off here. Everybody stay tuned because we were, we're getting with Cameron Myers, and with Michael and me and Jamie and, and Northeast, and we need to get this head shaved. So we're going to we plan do. this. We do. Yes, we're going to plan hey, this. Hey, if you guys can come soon. down to that. Hey, Jules, if you come down to that Anderson race, bro, we'll do that live right from the event, bro. We'll put Let's that sucker it. live and huh? – 
we'll have Jamie buzz it. That's that, the exact, that, I said that. Yes, that's what I I'll said. Jamie buzz it. it. Yes. I'll, yes, I'll, yes, I'll yes. be there. I'll be there. I'm gonna convince my my girlfriend. My sister's like, hey, you know, let's let's set aside a couple hours. Let's let's go here. So yeah, definitely, because we're 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 trying to figure out what to do between Disney World and then everything else after that. So come out and hang out for a bit, bro. Absolutely. My All right, yeah. All right, that guys. is that is our show. Thank you so much, um, MC Business Michael Correa for coming on on this on this show and talking there the business. Is. Chris, the whole effing show, Mega Simcoe. And me, Julius Cool Jules Fostanis. We're going to see you guys at the next episode. We love you. Have a wonderful day. Peace out. Later, boys. See you guys.